Welcome to the Lion's Tribe. I am Pastor Jimmy Udukoya. I pray this episode blesses you and it reminds you to become the lion that God has called you to be. Be blessed. We are still in the cut of the... Come on, somebody say that for me. The cut of the covenant, part two. So, we're going to pick up from where we were last week. Amen? Now, turn really quickly to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, put one on the book, verse 18. I will pick up from where we left off. 1 Corinthians 1, 18, and then we will continue. Amen? 1 Corinthians 1, 18, amplified version. Let's read it together. One, two, read. For the message of the cross is what? I strongly suggest if you missed last week, please watch last week so, so, you, so you have a better context. Amen? For the message of the cross is, continue on, it is absurd. It is illogical to those who are perishing and spiritually dead because they reject it, but to us. Who are being saved by God's grace? What is it? It is the manifestation of the power of God. Continue on. For it is written and forever remains written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the philosophy of the philosophers, the cleverness of the clever, who do not know me, I will, somebody say nullify. Look at verse 20. Where is the wise man? Philosopher. Where is the scribe? Scholar. Where is the debater? The logician? The orator of this age? Has God not exposed the foolishness of this world's wisdom? For since the world through all his earthly wisdom, failed to recognize God in his wisdom was well pleased through the foolishness, somebody say foolishness, of the message preached regarding what? To save those who believe in and welcome him as a savior. Now this is where I'm going to start from today. Verse 22. It says this, for the Jews Demand signs, attesting miracles, and Greeks pursue what? Worldly wisdom and philosophy. But we, somebody say we, but we preach Christ. We preach what? Christ crucified, a message which is to the Jew a stumbling block that provokes opposition, and to Gentiles, Somebody say foolishness. Just utter nonsense. Now, remember last week I, I said I was going to tell you why to the Jew it was a stumbling block. Let's get into it. Now, you must understand in 1 Corinthians 1.22 that Paul is addressing two main culture forces of his era. He was addressing the religious Jews and the intellectual Greeks. The Jews demanded miraculous signs as verification that God was at work based on their past experience of God. 
You see, they were stuck in monuments. Somebody say monuments. Somebody say monuments. They were stuck in monuments of religion because God had always spoken to Israel and his prophet through signs. So this is why the Jews always were looking for signs. Somebody say monuments. Somebody say presence. Now, let me show you what I mean by signs. Exodus 8, 23 to 24. Put it on the board. We're going to go very quickly. Exodus 8, 23 to 24. This is God speaking. He says, I will put a division between my people and your people. By tomorrow, this what? Sign. This what? Sign shall be in the evidence. Then the Lord did say so, and heavy came, and there came heavy and oppressive swarms of blood-sucking insects into the house of Pharaoh and his servants. They were always looking for signs. Look at Isaiah 7.14. God is speaking again. Isaiah 7.14. He says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a, will give you a, listen carefully, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and she will call his name Emmanuel. God with us. Ezekiel 4.3. Put it on the board. Ezekiel 4.3. Talking about signs. This is God speaking to Ezekiel. Father, take an iron plate and place it as an iron wall between you and the city. And set your face towards it so that it is under siege and besiege it. This is a, this is a, to the house of Israel. So God always spoke to them through signs. And because God always spoke, this is how God must do it. So they requested for a, sign. Now what does Jesus say about signs? Put Mark 8 on the board. Mark 8, 11 to 13. This is Jesus responding to them about signs. Responding to those stuck in the monuments of religion. He says this, the Pharisees came out and began to argue contentiously and debate with him demanding from him a what? Uh huh. From heaven to test him because of their, isn't it interesting that people will use their own belief to demand that you give them a sign? <laughs> what did Jesus do? He groaned and sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation demand a, I assure you most solemnly and I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leaving this, he again boarded the boat and left to the other side. So right here we have on stage presence versus monuments. You see, the one who made heaven and earth that was present with them, yet they were asking for a sign from heaven. The one who said in Isaiah 66, 1, that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool is the one they were asking for a sign from. The one in Jeremiah 10, 12, who founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding and skill is the one they were asking to prove the validity of who he was. Monuments versus presence. Somebody say, follow the presence. Say, follow the presence. Say, follow the presence. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 1. Let's look at 23. He says, but we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ 
crucified. A message, a message which to the Jews is a stumbling block that provokes their opposition. Now, why was Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews? I'll show you why. Deuteronomy 21, 22 to 23. That's the answer right there. Why was Christ crucified a stumbling block? Want to read. It says this. And if a man has committed a sin worthy of death, and he is put to death, and afterward you hang him on a, on a what? As a public example, his body shall not hang all night on the tree, but you shall most certainly bury him on the same day. For he who is hanged is what? So you do not defile your land which the Lord God gives you as an inheritance. But you see the wisdom of God to hide things in foolishness. Galatians 3.13 says this. It says, Christ purchased our freedom. Galatians 3.13. Christ purchased the freedom and redeemed us from what? The curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming what? By becoming a curse for us. For it is written. What is it written? Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. So he will put redemption, the power of salvation, in what was seemingly a curse. <laughs> you see, the cross, which represents a, a curse, would now become the symbol of salvation. Somebody say foolishness. God took the very thing that they said was an abomination, it's a curse, and he became the curse. Galatians 3.13. Now, the next thing says, for the Greeks... Again, they say, for the Jews, it's a stumbling block. For, for the Greeks, it is foolishness. Why? Because for the Greeks, they seek human wisdom by means of logic and skillful speech. For them, the cross is utter foolishness because it defies logic. For the Gentiles, the idea of a God who would serve humanity by offering his own beloved son a sacrifice for sin did not make sense. Because from their perspective... The stronger the God, the more people would serve him. So now you are telling the Gentiles that a God who is all-powerful would so love the world that he would die for mere humans. Somebody say utter foolishness. Now what does Paul say about this? 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 16. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 16, it says this. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Christ, I did not come with what? Superiority of speech, or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence, or of philosophy as a Greek orator might do. For I made the decision to know nothing. Somebody say nothing. That is to forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while amongst you, except what? Except Jesus Christ and him crucified 
and the meaning of his redemptive substitutionary death and his resurrection. I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered. How? In demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and of his, what's that word? Of his what? Stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading them so that your faith will not rest in the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the, on the power of God. See, that's why 1 Corinthians 4.20 says that the kingdom of God is not of talk, but it is of power. The kingdom of God is not of talk, it is of power. You see, that is the difference between a motivational speaker and a pastor. Uh-huh. <laughs> see, it is the power of God. You see, motivational speakers have eloquence. They have oratory skill. They can arrange words and, and say it so beautifully. They can inspire you. They can motivate you. It is the difference between when you are stuck in a situation, they will say things like, don't let your limitations hinder you. That just because you are here does not mean this is how it will always be. But the difference between don't let your limitations limit you and rise up, take up your bed and walk. I'll say that again. Listen, just because you are here today doesn't mean you will always be here. But there is something else when you say, arise, take your bed, and walk. Because one is motivation. Two is the eloquence of the glory and the majesty and the power of God. It is his power that speaks. You see, sometimes when power appears, talking ceases. I'll say it again. When you have power, you don't have to talk too much. When you appear on the scene, power itself speaks. They can argue from today to tomorrow. But when you see a man who has been lame all his life, and Jesus came to him and said, do you want to be made whole? And he said, listen, I have no one, no one to take me. Every time I'm looking for someone, someone else gets ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, arise, pick up your bed and walk. Paul says, I don't come to you with eloquence of speech. I come to you with a demonstration of power. Somebody say power. For the word of God is quick, is living, is effective, is energizing, and full of power. <laughs> We're coming to a dispensation says that the earth is waiting for the endless manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. It is not by arguing. It is not by debate. You can debate religion. You can debate dogma. You can debate doctrine. But when blind eyes begin to open up and deaf ears begin to open to hear and the lame begin to walk, power speaks for itself. Somebody say power. Paul says, I did not come to you with the eloquence of speech. 
I came so that your faith will not rest on the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. Look at verse 6, 1 Corinthians 2. Continue on. He says this, yet we do speak wisdom amongst those spiritually mature, believers who have teachable hearts and a great understanding, but it is a higher wisdom. Not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers, nor of the leaders of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The mystery was hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory to lift us into the glory of his presence. Glory of his in his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Just as it is written in scripture. Things which the eyes have not seen. And the ears have not heard. And which has not entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. Who hold him in affectionate reverence. Who obey him. Who, are gratefully who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. For God has unveiled them and revealed to them to us through who? For the Spirit searches all things. Somebody say all things. Somebody say all things. Diligently. Even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsel and the things far beyond human understanding. Far beyond human understanding. Far beyond human understanding. Far beyond human understanding. When you hear the voice of God asking you to do something, it will defy logic because it is far beyond human understanding. I remember I told them a story of a woman who was believing God and she had no money. I told them in Thursday showers. And she heard the Lord say, get up and go to the supermarket. She had no money. You need, you need to buy stuff for your business. Go to the supermarket. Go into the fabric shop and pick fabrics. Sir? Go into the supermarket. Go to the fabric store and pick fabrics. Pick everything you want. And so she walks into the store and this woman is, ah, oh, my customer. And the woman is, says, please, I want to pick this. And she's so happy. Yes, pick this one. Pick this one. Pick this one. Pick this one. And she's picking. And the woman is dancing. And she's picking. But in her mind, she's sweating. Because she knows that she's moving on an instruction. Sometimes the word of God is all that you need. Listen, <laughs> the word of God is living, it's active, it's energizing, it is effective, and it's full of power. She walks into the store and she's speaking, and the woman is dancing, and then she gathers the whole amount. She gathers the whole amount and she puts it on the table. She's calculating the total, and the woman is sweating. And she says, God, you will not put me to shame. You know, there are certain situations you are in where all you have is God. And she's standing there. And no one's calculating, calculating, calculating. I said, I said, hey, hey, madam, your total is just before then. Her phone rings. 
My customer don't be angry, please. Wait. Hello? Ah, my dear, how are you? It's her niece calling from America. Uh, Auntie, how I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, sorry, Auntie, is there anyone in your store? Is there anyone in my store? Uh, is there anyone in your store? Yeah, uh, there's a lady. Uh, whoever she is, the Lord has instructed that I pay for everything. The Spirit searches all things. He knows when you have need before you know you have need of it. The Spirit searches all things. Let me tell you another one. Can I tell you another one? Can I tell you another one? Real quick, real quick. My friend was in his house. I told him, shout. I'll tell you again. He was in his house. And the landlord had just come and increased the rent. And I was complaining that how come he doesn't have his own house in Lagos? He was angry. This, this rent, this landlord just come and do anyhow. He was complaining. They decided to read a book. And while he was reading a book, the Lord spoke to him. Sir, go to your neighbor and give him bread. Go to your neighbor and give him. You know, this is not America that you just go to your neighbor. Neighbor, how are you? Come and take bread. You know, Nigeria, the first look at you like, sir. Did I say I want bread? Did, did, who, who, who sent you to me? <laughs> My village people. You gotta walk. I don't want to. Take your bread. But he heard it clearly. He says, go to your neighbor and give him bread. So he goes and he knocks on the door. It's an elderly man. He says, come here, sister, 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 I just, just wanted to bring you some bread. Says, ah, thank you. Come in, come in, come in. He comes in and he's eating the bread. It's like, you know, Nigeria is just stressing me, you know, my whole family. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even want to be here. But you know, I was thinking that, you know, I just want to build like four or five townhouses. But the problem is, I don't know who I can trust. I don't know these people. But you know what? You seem like a good young man. You know what we'll do? I will make you the project manager. I need someone to manage the project for me. So you will manage the project, and I'll give you one townhouse. Um, so come again. Say, so I will give you one, one townhouse, and then you can just manage the four. And whenever, you know, it's all done, then we can talk. Said, my friend said he was confused. That was in shock. So he just said, sir, sorry, can I? He said, come back. Let's discuss. I said, okay, I'll, I'll come back. He said he went to his house and he just laid down because he was not sure. So he didn't call the man. The man said, where have you been? Come now. Let's, let's, let's discuss this thing. He said, sir, sorry. Did you say, yes, I want to be, yes, five. I will give you, you don't want one. He said, I, I, I want one, sir. God will use bread. Hey, Jesus. In this economy, to buy a house, the Spirit searches all things. And when He will ask you to search it, it will defy human logic. It doesn't have to make sense. But the Spirit, who knows? Can I tell you one more? New people like this. Let me continue. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. A friend of mine, I told them, I'll tell you again. He was trying to buy land in Redeem, and he had saved all his life savings, and he went to the place to buy, and he thought he had about seven million. 
But you know that it was 70 million. So there's just a bit of a... Not too much, just, just a zero. But that zero is, is plenty. So as he got there, you know when you get the gallant, his life service, he got there. And they were talking, how much is the 70 million? He said, you know where his heart cuts. <laughs> but you know, you know, you comport yourself. Oh, really? Oh, of course, fantastic. Yes, Jesus. He said he just played the part as long as he could. The surveyor was there. I give you the say Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I'll, I'll call. Let's set up a meeting. When I come, we'll sign the paper. He said he got into his car. It was just Jesus. While he was driving back, the Spirit of the Lord whispered, Hey, hey, hey. You see that seven million? Give it to church. Ah! I bind you, devil. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Because this is not God. It, it, can it can never be God. All my life savings. And he heard of it and said, but, 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 but see, <laughs> what you have is not enough anyways. It is not what you have in your hand that sustains you. You're, you're, it's not enough anyways. You see, if you want to receive, you have to release. If your hand is closed, I can't put anything inside. You see, the wisdom of God is illogical to man. Man says, if you want to have, then you keep. God says, if you want to receive, then release. Give. Because if your hands are open, then I can put more inside. Unless a seed falls to the ground. <laughs> he told him, he said, give your money. He said, okay. And you know, you know there are certain types of giving that you give that when you give, Instantly, you have malaria. Okay. Uh, am I, is this, okay, I'm not rich that player. Okay, don't worry. The certain giving that you give, when you give, your account balance will fill it. You yourself, just instant, you know. He says he went to church and he wrote, I think he wrote the check and he put it and he said, he said, Pastor Tyler, you never waste time. That's why they put the check cleared. Shoot! So now he started from 70 to 7 to, he just went to his house and laid down. After all, what can man do? And he's there, and they were calling him, calling him, calling him, calling him. The guy did not pick up. Why would I pick up? Why? What am I saying? He was ignoring their calls. He was, they picked because the surveyor had already come. They had the plans to show up. He refused. Finally, he picked up the call. Says, sir. Come now, we've been waiting. We have an agreement. Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. The wisdom of man is <laughs> illogical. It doesn't make sense. I have zero. Zero. But a little in your hand is a multitude in God's hand. He goes with nothing and he's there. You know, there's a different swag you have when you know you have money versus when you know that. Things are dry. With humility, he came out of the car. So, so, so. The man said, I've been looking for you. Then the owner of the land came. He said, young man, where have you been? We have been trying to find you for weeks. I said, sorry, sir, I've, I've been busy, you know, appointments, things. My schedule has just been tight, so, you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. He says, from the last time I saw you, I have not had rest. 
not been able to rest. You see this land, eh? Take it. It's yours. He signed the land over to him and gave it to him. For somebody here, anyone who needs to lose rest on your matter, until they do what God has asked them to do, we cease their rest in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the king could not sleep until he blessed Mordecai. In this month of glorious encounter, whoever God has designated to bless you, until they heed the word of the Lord, they will lose rest. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. It's illogical. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The Bible says, for God has unveiled them and revealed to them the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. The profound depths of God, the divine counsel, and things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except who? Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but of the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We also speak of these things not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words for those to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 says this. I'm going to drop some scriptures. It's 11 a.m. I have to stop. Oh, I wasn't started. 11, Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 says this. In him, you also who heard the word of truth, the goodness of salvation, and as a result believed in him, were stamped. Somebody say stamped. Were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ, as owned. I remember last week. Was as owned and protected by God. This Spirit is the guarantee, the first installment, the pledge, a foretaste of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchased possession, his believers to the praise and the glory of God. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to stop. In other words, remember we talked about being marked last week. What this is saying is that the Holy Spirit is the mark of God. And Ephesians is saying that once you believe in Jesus, you carry the mark of the Holy Spirit. Remember what, what happens when you are marked. That means the Holy Spirit protects you. That means the Holy Spirit separates you. That means the Holy Spirit carries a message that only the reader can read. Remember when you are marked, you are protected. When you are marked, you are separated. When you are marked, you carry a message that only the reader can read. <laughs> so when we are faced with situations, and we begin to break the Holy Spirit is translating messages and transmitting messages that only the reader in Romans 8, 26, it says this, In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, that when we do not know what prayer to offer, 
or how to offer it as we should. The Spirit Himself knows our need and in the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words so that when we find ourselves in situations where we do not have words to say and we do not know what to say and eloquence of speech fails us and the situation takes away our ability to, to, to put words together when situations rock our world and we find ourselves lost in the middle of the ocean and it seems like everything is sinking and we don't have to say words all we have to do is we don't have to say anything Sometimes it's not about the prayer. Sometimes it's not about how you phrase it. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. In your knees, on your knees, in your room. And as you groan, we do not know what to say. We do not know the words. We do not have the eloquence of speech. We don't have the wisdom of man. We don't have the logic. This does not make sense. This math is not mathing. This was not the plan. This is not where we thought we would be. But and we begin to groan and we don't know what to say and it looks like it will never end and it seems like we're in the midst of our darkest days and everything we bant on, the relationships the friendships, the networks the, the connections the plans, everything is torn and we have nothing to say and you have lost everything but you have the and the Bible says, and when you begin to groan, the Spirit, who is the mark, who is the mark of God, who is the mark of the covenant, with the one that protects, the one that separates, the one that speaks the language that only the reader can hear, begins to take your... And he says that the high priest, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, hears the and begins to intercede right at the Father's hand begins to say Father give him strength Father give her strength Father give her direction Father give her instruction her whole life has been robbed she has lost everything but she will not fall she might be pressed but she will not be shaken she might be brought down but she will not be destroyed this one will not take her and here you are just and as you groan, the mark, the mark, the mark begins to intercede the Holy Spirit. I don't know who's here today. Words have failed you. Ibrakanda ibrisita kataba. Everything you knew has failed. What you thought it was, it was not. And you don't even know how to pray. You don't know the words to say. But we have a high priest who knows, who sympathizes, who feels, who hears, who knows. We have the mark of the covenant. And because you are marked, his eyes are on you. And all you have to do is... Hey! 
because last I checked, the blood speaks. Last I checked, the blood speaks. The last I checked, there is still power in this blood. Last I checked, this blood speaks louder than that of Abel. And it begins to speak. And it begins to move. And it begins to work in your favor. I dare you to groan right now in the spirit. Before you know you have need of it. Father, I don't have the words to say. Father, I don't know the words to pray. Father, I'm lost in this sea of darkness. Father, I'm lost in this sea of despair. And I feel like there's no light at the end of this tunnel. God, I need you to help me. I want to believe, but help my unbelief. But the good news is you are marked. And because you are marked, anywhere they see you, they must identify that you are God's own. You are a child of God. You are the son of God. You are the daughter of God. Open up your mouth and begin to speak. You don't have to have the words. Just open your mouth. And the spirit who searches all things, who knows the depth of you, the depths of your soul, where you need strength, where you need healing, where you need provision, where you need direction, where you need instruction, where you need deliverance, where you need safety, where you need security, where you need provision. He knows. Father, in the name of Jesus, these ones will be known as the ones helped by God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you that we have a high priest who sympathizes. What a privilege and an honor to be marked by your spirit. We are marked. We are marked. We are marked. We are sealed by the Spirit. It is in Him you live. It is in Him you move. It is in Him that you have your being. Father, we come before you today. We thank you for the mark of the Spirit. Father, I ask you especially for the next 30 seconds, please. Holy Spirit, touch your children. Right now, 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 right now. Move. Move. Holy Spirit, move me now. There it is. Uh-huh. 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 One more time, Holy Spirit move. Holy Spirit. 
That you see us fit to mock us with your spirit. We thank you that you who knows our needs before we know we have need of it and searches the spirit of God to supply all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we have life, that we have breath in our lungs, and that from this moment on we walk conscious of the fact that we are marked, that we are marked, that we are set apart, that we are protected. Father, let your glory speak over our lives. In the name of Jesus. This week, the Lord bless you. This week, the Lord keep you. This week, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. This week, the glory of God will be seen in every area of your life. This week, the glory of God will announce you. This week, the favor of God will separate you. This week, the grace of God will elevate you. This week, the mercy of God will accelerate you. This week, the blood of Jesus will fight for you. In the name of Jesus, everything you put your hands on will be blessed. Your going out will be blessed. Your coming in will be blessed. Where you put your head down to rest is blessed. In the name of Jesus, this week the, the ground yields for you. This week the heavens are open to you. This week the depths of the sea will give to you. In the name of Jesus, we command help to come from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, in the name of Jesus, when you call a thousand will answer. You will never be without help. You shall be known as the ones that God has helped. In this month of glorious encounter, creative miracles. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It has not entered into the hearts of man. What God will do in you and through you and for you. In the name of Jesus. This week, the presence of God goes before you. The presence of God like a cloud to lead you and a fire by night to guide you. In the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against you or your loved ones shall prosper. At calamity and destruction, you will laugh. 
If they come one way, they will free several ways. In the name of Jesus, a thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 by your right hand side, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. In the name of Jesus, this week he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Every time you open up your mouth, the Spirit of God will fill it. That will cause even your enemies to become your friends. Lines are falling for you in pleasant places. In the name of Jesus, you shall give to nations that you will not borrow. In the name of Jesus, you will always have seeds to sow. In the name of Jesus, your baskets will be full. In the name of Jesus, your oil will not run dry. In the name of Jesus, surely goodness and mercy shall overtake you. Surely goodness and mercy shall announce you. In the name of Jesus, the favor of God goes before you as a shield. In the name of Jesus, anyone who blesses you this week is blessed. Anyone who wishes you well is blessed. Anyone who dares to curse you is cursed. In the name of Jesus, if they have set traps for you, they will be caught in their own heads. Their ways will be dark and slippery. They will be drunk on their own blood. In the name of Jesus, we seal it under the blood from glory to glory, from grace to grace, from strength to strength. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that you were blessed. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And if you know a fellow lion that needs to join the tribe, please be sure. Send them this link. Share this episode. God bless you.